In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Luke's account of Jesus visiting Martha and Mary is one of the most well-known stories in Scripture. And this often means that it's a story that we think we already know what it means. Martha, the harried housewife who's so busy trying to throw a good party, she doesn't even have time for Jesus. And Mary, the wonderful, quiet, prayerful sister who sees Jesus as he is and worships him as he, she should. But if you've ever heard or assumed this interpretation, it may have prickled a little bit because who actually has the luxury of being Mary most of the time? Most of us sometimes have a reaction to this story because it really feels like Mary should be helping a little more. But this actually says more about us than it does about the gospel. Because our common interpretation, the one we think we all know, actually flattens both Martha and Mary out. And more importantly, it flattens out Jesus. If we dig into this passage together today, I think what we'll find is that there is something richer and deeper going on for Martha and Mary and most of all in the person of Jesus Christ. So if you'd like to take out your Bibles and follow along, we're going to be in Luke chapter 10. You may have noticed I'm going to be preaching out of the King James Version of the Bible today for two reasons. The first is that the King James Bible is the Anglican Bible par excellence. It comes out of our tradition, it is part of our inheritance, and it's always just a good idea for Episcopalians to keep one foot in the King James Bible. But the second reason is that this is a passage where the way Greek is translated actually matters. And the King James Bible, as it often does, follows the translation of the Greek much more closely than modern Bibles. But take out whatever Bible is in front of you. We're going to begin in Luke chapter 10, and we're going to pick up at verse 38. Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she come and help me. A close reading of this passage will show us already how our common understanding flattens out Martha. Martha is not trying to show off by showing a good party. Martha in Luke's gospel is the head of the household. In John, she has a brother, but he's not in Luke which means that Martha has the financial and the social responsibility of receiving and hosting important guests. This is a high bar that she has to do. And we see too in verse 40, the scripture tells us that 
Martha is not just worrying about things that don't matter. Modern translations will often say she was distracted by her many tasks. But that's not fair. Because what the Greek says and what the King James Version says is that she was cumbered, old-timey word meaning um, weighed down or burdened. She was burdened by much not work, but serving. The text is telling us that Martha is not just trying, she's not just caught up in busy work, she is serving as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And this service that she has been called to do is weighing on her. She is not distracted by tasks, she is burdened by her service. It's not that she's pretending that things that don't matter do matter. Things do matter, and there is too much to do. There is too much for her to do. And this makes her question to Jesus in the second half of verse 40 sound a little more serious and a little less petty than we sometimes think, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Dost thou not care? Jesus is the one she is trying to serve, and it doesn't seem to her like he even cares at all. And in asking this question, this question that Martha asks is so much bigger than hosting a dinner party. It's so much bigger than even the context of the text. Because Martha's question is a question that anyone who has ever tried to be faithful has had. In our day-to-day struggles to be faithful to our families and our churches, And our world, when we are faced with an uphill battle that no matter what we do, we seem to lose, or when we are faced with a disaster that is so horrible, it seems like there's nothing we can do in response, it is natural for the human heart to cry out, Lord, dost thou not care? This is not just Martha not getting enough help. This is at the core of every crisis of faith, every doubt, every fear of those of us who try to be faithful. Does God not care? Does he not see? In 2004, a tsunami hit the country of Indonesia and surrounding islands flattening whole villages, uprooting whole islands, and killing about a quarter of a million people. And in the wake of such a large-scale disaster, there was a flurry of media activity questioning God's existence or God's goodness. As one writer put it, apparently God sits passively by while human life is wantonly mowed down. All of these articles 
from the most compassionate to the most cynical are asking the same question. In the face of such a disaster, Lord, dost thou not care? Martha's question is big, which means that Jesus' answer to her is equally big. Take a look at verse 41 and 42. Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. There are a few things to notice here. The first is that Jesus does not tell Martha to stop serving. This is the role to which she has been called. What he tells her to do is to stop worrying about her service. This is not a question of whether or not Martha is engaged in the right activity. It's a question of orientation. Not what is she doing, but where is her heart? Martha is so worried about her call, about the work that has been put in front of her, that she's lost sight of who it was she was working for in the first place. And this is something we should always remember, because it is possible that when we are trying to do everything right, when we are trying to be faithful disciples, when we are trying to serve, we can still make our service an idol. We can make what we do be more important than who we're doing it for. And that feeling of overwhelm, the feeling of being burdened by our surface, our surface, our service comes to us when the magnitude of what we're doing eclipses the one who called us to do it in the first place. That is the source of Martha's worry of her anxiety. This is another place where the King James Version translation is just better. Jesus says in verse 42 that Mary has chosen the good part. Modern translations say she has chosen the better part. But the Greek does not pit Martha and Mary against each other. The part Mary has chosen is good, but it is not better than the role to which Martha has been called. Both sisters are serving in their way. Both of them are being faithful, are trying to be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. There are different callings for different people. Not everyone is called to a contemplative life. Some are, we call them monks and nuns, but not everyone is. But everyone, regardless of call, is asked to be oriented toward Jesus Christ. It's not a question of what you're doing. It's a question of who you are doing it for. Jesus does not ask Martha to become Mary. 
he asks her to reorient her heart toward him. And in doing so, in inviting her to remember why she took up this service in the first place, he invites her to lay her burden down at his feet. And he calls her back, back to the source. God spends a lot of time in Scripture calling people, calling his servants. But aside from this passage, there are only six other times in the whole Bible where God calls someone with a double name repetition. Abraham, Abraham, he says, as Abraham prepares to kill his son Isaac. Moses, Moses, he calls out of the burning bush. Samuel, Samuel, he says to the boy Samuel, sleeping in the temple with Eli. And finally, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Notice that like Martha, in each of these instances, God is not calling these people to stop working and start doing something else. In fact, he's about to give each of them a harder job than anything they've had to do thus far. What he's doing is showing them, reminding them, calling them to remember, to see the one that they are doing their work for. The God of Abraham who chooses Israel to be his people. I am that I am he says, out of the burning bush. The God who will make David his son, anointed by the prophet Samuel to be a king forever. And the risen Christ, face to face with Paul on the road to Damascus. Martha, Martha. And so this brings us to a question. Will our discipleship our service, be fueled by our worry and fear about how much we have to do and how hard it is to do it? Or can we work for the kingdom and not lose sight of the king? Can we do our jobs as teachers and lawyers and doctors and salesmen and do that work, not for ourselves, not even for our families, but for the glory of the God who called us? Can we do the sometimes tedious and mundane work of raising children and caring for elderly parents and keeping house and not lose sight of who gave us those people in the first place? Can we see our work for the church not as just another volunteer opportunity, but as service to the body of Christ? Can we organize and advocate and vote and get involved in our communities without demonizing people who disagree with us? Because we remember that we serve a king whose kingdom is not of this world. Can we look into the darkness the terror and fear and hatred of the world and not fall into despair by remembering the one who made it and loved it. If we can, 
If we can serve the kingdom without losing sight of the king, it's not because of us and our willpower. It's because there is only one thing that is needed. There's another place in scripture where God calls with a double name repetition. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? From the cross, Jesus himself asks Martha's question, do you not care? And the wonder and the irony and the beauty of the Christian faith is that the only answer to that question is the cross itself. From now to eternity, anyone who suffers, anyone who is burdened by their work, anyone who is moved by anxiety or fear or doubt and cries out, Lord, do you not care? need only be pointed toward the cross. From which we hear Jesus call our name twice to remind us that only one thing is needful and it shall not be taken away from you. Amen.